Of course Luka Doncic broke Boston's hearts again. Of course he did. We're going to talk about that, but a successful road trip on this Monday Locked On Celtics podcast. Rainer J's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty. The content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it. Got a local feel like the red line. The blue line. The green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime. And press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's. That's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine and your first listen every day. Lockdown Celtics is available everywhere podcasts exist, including YouTube, and every episode is on LockdownCeltics.com. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, which you can buy now online. Anywhere books are sold. Uh, I'm coming to you after the Boston Celtics uh, lost to the Dallas Mavericks. It was a 107-104 loss. Uh, Luka Doncic broke Boston's heart again with a last-second three-pointer just fading away over three dudes. What can you do about that shot? Uh, I'm going to talk about the game in the first segment. The second segment... Oh, the Marcus Smart file. Everybody's losing their mind over the damn Marcus Smart file. Uh, I'll get into that in the second segment. Third segment, it's about the road trip in general. The road trip itself was good. I think the Celtics did a, uh, I don't want to say fully turned themselves around, but I think the Celtics found a little something that they were looking for on this road trip. So overall, a successful road trip there. I'm going to talk about that in the third segment. So let's just get into this game here. Let's start with the the big story for the Celtics, which was Jason Tatum getting back on track. 32 points, 11 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, a block, uh, 63% shooting, 6 of 8 from 3. If you want to get on him for anything, 2 of 2 from the line, but really that shouldn't be... I think that Tatum played his best all-around game of the season. One of the best all-around games that he's played as a Celtic. Just, I think that he was in complete control of that game for the most part. Now, if there's a downside, if there is a downside to what Tatum was facing there, and it was exacerbated by Jalen Brown not being there. That's a a big thing that we need to keep in mind. Jalen Brown was not there dealing with a hamstring issue, the right hamstring tightness, which has been uh, a problem in the past. They are going to, he's, he's been evaluated, being evaluated. Monday afternoon, there's a practice. Uh, I will be there to get the update to, you know, so follow me on Twitter, Reds Army underscore John, to make sure you get the, the immediate update on Jalen Brown's hamstring, how long he's going to be out. Is he going to miss a game? Is he going to miss a week? Is he going to miss two weeks? I don't know. But without Jalen Brown there, that really hurt what the Celtics were able to do at the end of the game. So that's number one at the end of the game. That That's one of the first things that you have to uh, keep in mind, that when they blitzed Jason Tatum and he got rid of the ball, he didn't get the ball back, and I, I think the end of that game was, I think, emblematic of the issue that the Celtics have had, which what which is when Tatum and Brown have the ball taken out of their hands and they do what they're supposed to do, make that next right play, who is there to take that ball and run with it? And it does raise a question of, 
do the Celtics need to change up and throw some late game offensive options in there that just get Tatum the ball a little bit differently, just different different sets of screens, different types of actions, just starting him off ball, catching the ball on the move, and and taking away the opportunity to get blitzed and and giving the ball up. And I, I think especially in this game here where he was the only star, the way he was playing, you wanted to make sure that he had every opportunity to win this game. And and credit Dallas, they did what they needed to do to take the ball out of his hands down the stretch. And no one else on the Celtics was able to do much of anything after that. So Tatum was awesome, but without Jalen, look, no Romeo either, uh, who can be helpful, at least helpful. Uh, that was that was uh, a bad last minute and a half to two minutes for the Celtics with some bad luck and a missed call. But I mean, look, the the Celtics get it down, or they're up, they're up one. They get a stop. Offensive rebound comes to Dennis Schroeder. He turns to go, and he dribbles the ball off of Tatum's foot. Goes out of bounds. That's just crap luck, and it it, it throws them off a little bit. But it, it's crap luck. Uh, their failure to rebound, get offensive rebounds, and in Dallas getting a put back, a easy easy bucket. That's that's a that's a letdown. That's a defensive letdown. That that shouldn't be happening. Uh, the the Marcus Smart drive from the left side where he gets into Porzingis' body. He got fouled, and he tried to put up a shot uh, hoping for a three-point play. Uh, no foul was called. The, it goes down as a miss or turnover, and Dallas comes down the other way. And, and so that should have been a foul. The last two-minute report says that should have been a foul. So that is... Look, you can't count on every call being made. And I, I really do wonder if one thing that this season, as an aside, that one thing that this season with the officiating does, since there are not as many calls, I wonder if players stop just trying to fling the ball up whenever they think they get some contact. Because I think that's something that players have gotten into the habit of doing. And Marcus Smart did it there, and instead of playing through the contact and just drawing the foul, yeah, I know you want to go to the line and get your two free throws, but you if you don't get that whistle, then you see what happens. And that's that's something that, yeah, the referee should have called that. I I, I just I've never been a fan. Like I get it. You you feel the contact. You you want to put the shot up because you want to go to the line instead of taking the ball out of bounds. But just take the foul and be sure in that situation. But the Celtics didn't have many other options there at all. And so Tatum, Tatum was the man, but they, you know, look, Dennis Schroeder was good, but he made some mistakes down the stretch and the Celtics just didn't have enough to, to overcome the, uh, the Mavericks. Jalen Brunson was, was really good. I don't think Porzingis, like they were, they were kind of gassing Porzingis up. I don't think Porzingis was really good at all in this game, but he, he was opportunistic on his way to seven of 13 shooting, but I think he took a lot of bad shots. I don't think, I don't think Porzingis was going to be a difference maker in this game. Uh, the Celtics easily handled him when they wanted to handle him. Uh, Robert Williams was really good, active. I thought Rob, you know, definitely deserved plenty of credit in this game, uh, Aaron Neesmith, unfortunately, was not good. 
And that hurt the Celtics a lot. That really did hurt the Celtics because he came off a Miami game where everybody was like, oh, thank God. See, see, Ime, you should have, you're an idiot. You should have played him more. Well, the Dallas game kind of was like, you know, if the Miami game was the I told you so for the fans, the Dallas game was kind of the Ime going, hey, look, like he had a good game, but. He's not always going to play well, and he didn't play well. He didn't make his shots. He made some bad defensive decisions. Uh, But really, I think in this game, the Celtics lost this one early. They came out, and they were really sloppy. They made a lot of early mistakes. They got down by 19. Uh, I saw a lot of defensive miscommunications. It wasn't the type of defense that we had seen against Orlando or the one, especially not what we saw against Miami. So what we saw against Dallas in the first two quarters, especially the first quarter, especially the first quarter, that defense was not what the Celtics are looking for. And the Celtics have shown themselves to be, a when they put it all together, a really good defensive team. They've shown that they can do that. The way they started that game in Dallas was not what I would like. Uh, I, I wrote about it. I talked about it at the end of the podcast last week, the Friday podcast going into this game. I said, don't go into Dallas and say, hey, look at we, what we just did in Miami. You should now bow to us and capitulate. We're, you know, we're here to just walk all over you. And I don't know if the Celtics did that entirely, but there were some mistakes. The energy was definitely low. Um, I, I think there might have been a little bit of relief of like, oh, okay, we're good now. And you could see that in the second half when the biggest difference, the biggest thing that stood out, the first half the Celtics were not getting out to the three-point shooters. Dallas was driving and kicking, and the three-point shooters were wide, wide, wide open. In the third quarter, immediately those three-point shooters on the catch had somebody in their face. So that is energy. That is energy and communication and I think the Celtics did a poor job in the first half. You want to point to anything that lost this game, that's where they really lost this game. Because even without Jalen Brown, the Celtics had an opportunity to come in, play good defense. The Mavericks are not a great offensive team right now. It's Luka, it's Jalen Brunson, and it's kind of everybody else. They're, they're, not, they're still figuring themselves out offensively. The Celtics didn't do a good job taking advantage of that early. Now... The thing that most people seem to want to talk about, the thing that stands out and that has been uh, part of the outcry that I've seen is the foul that Marcus Smart committed with 11 and a half seconds left or so that people are are latching onto because it was a dumb play. It was a stupid play by Marcus Smart. He shouldn't have done it. Everybody knows he shouldn't have done it. He could probably tell you himself he shouldn't have done it. But he did. But it didn't cost the Celtics the game. And I'm going to talk about that next. It's all about being fair. First, I've got to talk to you about prize picks. It's daily fantasy made easy, and you are going to love it. It has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. It offers more NBA props than any other daily fantasy sports prop operator and offers all the superstar players plus the bench players like an Aaron Neesmith only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns in football and all the ones you can think of in basketball. All of the users that use the promo code NBA will get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So you pick two to five players, you pick an over-under or uh, on their projections, and you clean up to 10 times any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. 
Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries. That's why I mentioned yardage and touchdowns earlier. You can you can pick a prop on the NFL games on Sunday and then pick one on the NBA games on Sunday night. Prize Picks uh, is it has an award-winning app. You can get it at both the App Store and on Google Play. Picks can be made in 60 seconds or left. It is that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Do not hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code NBA or go to your app store. Download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Today's show is also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. Then you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you're borrowing a login for that good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle, and it's a great way to get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like no one ever before has done. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there is no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com, compatible device required. Content varies by package. Make sure you're following our social channels at LOCeltics on Twitter and at LockedOnCeltics on Instagram. Thank you once again for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Why don't you make your second listen one of the other Lockdown Boston sports podcasts like Red Sox, Patriots, or Bruins. Plenty to talk about across all of Boston sports, and we've got you covered with Lockdown for every major sports team. Hey, college, Locked On Boston College Eagles. You've got uh, plenty of Locked On coverage across Boston sports. So make sure you're checking them out wherever podcasts exist and also on YouTube. So uh, Boston Celtics tied at 104. And they were tied at 104 for a while. Uh, They tied the game. It was actually Porzingis who followed up uh, a miss. Uh, This was inexcusable, really. But followed up a miss. The Celtics uh, were up two on Marcus Smart's three-pointer. And that that came with two minutes and 12 seconds left. Celtics did not score the rest of the way, which is what I was talking about earlier. So Porzingis tips back a dunk uh, with a minute 39 to go, and it stays tied. Uh, Marcus Smart had that, that drive that, that should have been a foul uh, with 30 seconds left. Okay, they, they get the ball back. Dallas gets the ball back. So at the point that they inbound the ball, 16 and a half seconds left. They have, there's about a five or six second difference on the shot clock. So Boston is sitting there with, they know that there's about five or six seconds for them to shoot the ball. And they're, if they can get that rebound, they're going to get the shot. They're going to get a chance to answer or win the game, whatever. So they come out of the timeout and Smart inexplicably fouls Luka Doncic. Celtics had a foul to give. And he gave it with 11.4 seconds left. Uh, it was clearly an intentional foul. And it was a horrible mistake. Because now, instead of the Celtics getting the ball back, the shot clock is wiped away. Normally, the shot clock resets to 14. But with 11 seconds, 11 and a half seconds left, 
no reset. It's just Dallas ball for the rest of the, the rest of the time. And we know what happened next. So everybody's killing Marcus Smart. Um, but because it's Marcus Smart, people are just going overboard. Let's, let's be honest here. Let's be honest. Like, you can hate Marcus Smart. Plenty of you do. There are a couple of people who just inundate the, the YouTube comments. Just like four or five comments per show about how much they hate Smart. Fine. I can't change your mind. I'm not trying to change your mind. Smart gives that foul. It's a dumb play. Ime Odoka says afterwards, that wasn't the strategy. I tried, you know, I told a few people who asked me, but I should have told everybody. And it's safe to assume that Marcus Smart should know that, right? Like, that's something that Marcus Smart, of anybody, Marcus Smart should know that. He generally doesn't make these kinds of really, like, boneheaded plays. Not like this. You know, Marcus Smart doing something where his emotions get the best of him? Sure, I can see that. Having a bad stretch, heat checks, um, going, being too aggressive uh, on, on something, sure, I can see that mistake, and, and those can be bad mistakes too. But score, time, situation, not really a mistake that I would expect out of Marcus Smart. So partly I want to be like, geez, that was a really crappy time to make a really crappy mistake. And there's, there's nothing I can say about that. Like, to me, when you make a mistake like that, it's... It's bad, but like no, no one wants to make that kind of mistake, and, and usually Marcus Smart doesn't. So, but people really want to kill him for committing that foul. But it's really important to understand that that foul was committed when it was 104-104, that there was no guarantee that Luka was going to make that shot, even though we kind of feel like every time Luka has the ball in that situation, he's going to make that shot. But there's no guarantee. If he had made that shot without the foul, and the Celtics had four or five seconds to, to concoct a play and, and get a shot up, there's no guarantee that the Celtics would have answered. You still don't know. If it, and if Luka had hit a three, you're still forcing overtime, and you don't know how the overtime might have gone. There are like a bunch of different ways that this could have gone. And people want to be mad at Marcus Smart about the foul, sure. It was a bad foul. It was a dumb play. Marcus Smart will tell you. Marcus will sit there. I guarantee you he'll say uh, that, look, that was, a, that was a bad mistake. Sometimes you make mistakes. I own it. I apologize to my teammates. You know, But the reality is when you're in a situation like that, for Luka Doncic to make a game winner to break your heart again, you can go back to 10 other plays probably in that fourth quarter alone that – could have gone a different way for the Celtics to not even be in a situation where Luka can break their hearts, right? Go back to the first quarter. If you come out in the first quarter with the energy that you came out with, then the Celtics would not have gone down by, I don't even know what the hell. The first quarter score was 29 to 15. And the Celtics made a little bit of a run to cut it to 29 to 15. And they lost the second quarter by three. So... They, they put themselves in a position to have to come out and win the third quarter 32-22 and win the third quarter 32-28 just to get there, just to lose by three, right? Like, they put themselves in that, that situation. The Marcus Smart thing, again, I'm not excusing him for that foul. That was a dumb play. The thing I'm saying is, Every once in a while, everybody makes a dumb mistake. I've made a dumb mistake. You've made a dumb mistake. And you sit there afterwards and you think to yourself, I can't believe I just did that. Like, I can't believe I just did that. What am I thinking? 
And I'm sure there's some level of that going on with Marcus Smart in that moment. Like, what was I doing? Because if there was no shot clock, you would give the foul. And he still gave the foul too early. Like, he kind of botched that whole play. But that wasn't why they lost. It wasn't why they lost. And if you're going to sit there and take it to the level of Marcus Smart cost us the game, no. Marcus Smart cost the Celtics a chance to answer. That's, that's what he cost them. But there are no guarantees. There are no guarantees how the rest of that 11.6 seconds goes without the foul. Luka could come down and hit a shot. They could have, the Celtics could have turned the ball over on the inbounds. Tatum would have been triple teamed. He would have had to give it up. And who knows what would have happened after that. Schroeder could have gotten the ball and missed the three-pointer. And then we'd be like, oh, whatever. You'd find another way to blame Marcus Smart because of the foul thing from you know before with, with Porzingis. Um, but I just think that the conversation around Smart is just so toxic right now. Like you can't, it, it can't just be, you know, hey, he, he made, he made a, a, a mistake. That was a real boneheaded play. Move on. You know, after the game, you, you got to move on. And like people are way, way, way in their feelings over this. Uh, and I think it's, it's out of control. All right. Up next, despite that, this was a good road trip. Like, you know me, I like to accentuate the positive because this is sports, first of all. And let's look at the whole thing realistically. This was a good road trip. They went two and one. What's wrong with that? I'm going to talk about that after talking about something else that's pretty good. Built Bar, which is awesome. You know, I love Thanksgiving. I love to eat good food, treats. Uh, it's the one day where you're like, all right, let's undo that top belt buckle, that, that belt. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some eating today. But, hey, it doesn't all have to be gluttony. Sometimes you want to relax and be like, I'm going to be better this year. I'm going to eat reasonable portions, and instead of a slice of pie, which could be like 300 calories, have a Built Bar for dessert. Bring a bunch. Share them with your family. Okay, 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. So the coconut cream pie, out. Get a coconut Built Bar in. Raspberry Built Bar instead of raspberry pie. Just a great low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, high-protein, Tastes like a dessert, but it's still good for you. So there are new surprises all month at Built.com, so check back regularly. And there's going to be a big, big, big Black Friday event, so make sure you're going to Built.com often. Use that promo code LOCKED15 every single time. However often you go, LOCKED15 is going to get you 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off every time at Built.com. Locked On Celtics podcast is on YouTube now, so make sure you're subscribed to that if you want to watch the show. Thank you once again for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. How about making your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. It's really one of the most popular sports podcasts in the world, and he is great. He's going to help you win your fantasy league. So if you need help with your fantasy team, check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd everywhere podcast exists and on YouTube. All right, the Boston Celtics are four and six. Not great. Not great at all. Uh, but, 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 but two and one on this road trip is good. And this falls under the umbrella of if I told you before this trip, the Celtics would go two and one, you'd say, okay, great. We beat Orlando. We beat the Mavericks. We lose to Miami. Big deal. 
All right, so you lose to you lose to Miami. You go into Dallas. You have a winnable game. You had a chance to win that game. You could have come back three and zero. That would have been obviously much better. At five and five, the Celtics would have been there, tied with the Charlotte Hornets. And going into a game against the Toronto Raptors, who are six and five at this time, and so still the Celtics, even though they lost the game, look, you beat a team you're supposed to beat, the Orlando Magic. You're supposed to beat them. You did your job, and you beat them pretty comfortably. Slow start, first half was slow, and all that stuff. You beat them pretty comfortably. You did what you're supposed to do. Miami Celtics walked into Miami and and rolled them, rolled them. Great game, great game all around. You did everything you're supposed to do. Walked in, did what you're supposed to do in the first half. Played, played hard, super hard. Rolled them in the first half. They, they threw their punch in the third quarter. You stood your ground, and you came back, and you blew them out in the fourth. Great. Dallas, no Jalen Brown, which is a big deal. When the Celtics are without either Jalen or Jason, that's going to be a huge problem for them. Let's not underestimate the impact of no Jalen Brown on that game. Still a winnable game, still had a chance down the stretch, still went scoreless in the last two minutes. That's a problem. But with Jalen Brown, potentially a much different outcome there. Don't know how the game goes with Jalen Brown, but still a potential much different outcome there. So Luka Doncic had to beat you with a buzzer beater, and that's how you lose the one game on the road trip without Jalen Brown. It's okay. If you threw out how the, the rest of the season started and you looked at that, you say, okay, that's, that's actually that's not a bad trip at all. And you look at where the Celtics started on this trip. The defense was horrible. The offense was non-existent. At least on this trip, we saw a defense that could play really, really well. It, in this, the second half, especially against Orlando, for all but a few minutes of the Miami game and – for basically the second half of the Dallas game, the Celtics defense has has looked really good. And Ime Odoka said this, uh, I think it was before the game. He up three times on Saturday, so I forget when he said it. But on Saturday, he said, look, we, we're putting in new actions, and guys, guys have their back. Guys understand where they're supposed to be now, and they're doing things. We knew it was going to take a long time because there are – we had to do – the you know something that they weren't comfortable doing. Look, this is the Celtics approach. When everybody goes nuts about the switching, this was the Celtics approach. They were going to do things that the team was uncomfortable with. This is this is how they they approached it. The team was uncomfortable with the level of switching. They were uncomfortable with uh, where they were supposed to be at all times. The, the Celtics were doing things that made them feel uncomfortable on the floor, which was blatantly obvious, blatantly obvious, early on preseason and into the early regular season. Very obvious that they were very uncomfortable and unsure where to be. And uh, Ime Adoka's approach and the Celtics staff's approach was, we're going to just hammer this home so they can learn it as fast as possible. Again, like I compare it to immersion therapy. Just the one thing that they can't do, just hammer it home over and over and over. I brought up on a past podcast my voice and articulation classes at Emerson College where they just hammer home the the extreme work for me to get past dropping my ERs. So instead of saying water, I say water. 
you know, and you just get that over and over, water, water, water. Like I had to really accentuate that and sound like an idiot and look like an idiot and feel like an idiot. And eventually now I can speak somewhat normally and without the uh, Rhode Island accent that I had when I was growing up. And so that was the Celtics approach. And now you see it as the Celtics come home after 10 games of the season, they're starting to figure it out. And they're not switching quite as much as they used to. They're doing other things. They're switching sometimes, but not all the time. And so when I look at where the Celtics started this trip to where they ended it, not only did they win two, and you know you come off the road, if you win two out of every three games on the road, you're going to be a damn good road team, right? That's going to be a great road team if you win two out of three every time you go on a road. That's awesome. Now, the Celtics obviously are 0-3 at home, so they've got to start winning these games at home. Starting with Wednesday against the Toronto Raptors, they owe the Raptors big. Uh, by the way, Jalen Brown, not sure uh, if he's going to be in that in that game. Just, so just to reiterate, not sure if Jalen Brown's going to be in that game. Don't know what Romeo's status is going to be. He was sick, non-COVID illness. The Celtics have had a non-COVID illness kind of running through their team. Um, but I am encouraged by the Celtics. Also, big, huge positive, Jason Tatum coming through and, and figuring it out. And I just want to repeat, Jason Tatum's game against the Mavericks was beautiful. He was bringing the ball up the floor. He was setting up his teammates. He was rebounding. He was moving the ball. Two assists do not tell the whole story with Jason Tatum. He was drawing two and kicking it. He was doing Everything a superstar needed to do. The last two minutes, the Celtics as a team need to figure out what happens in those last two minutes. That's a big, big thing for the Celtics moving forward. Figuring out how to make those last two minutes um, less painful when teams start to take Tatum and Brown out of it. They've got to figure out how to make those last two minutes uh, not prone to the droughts that they've had. But I am encouraged by what we saw. The Celtics now have to build on that. They have three days off. They were off on Sunday. I'm recording this on Sunday night. They have a practice Monday. I'm sure they'll have a practice on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, they have a game at home against the Toronto Raptors. And then they face the Milwaukee Bucks. Who, by the way, the Milwaukee Bucks are 4-6. and six. So, you know, what if I told you... <laughs> that when we flip our clocks back, that the Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks would have the same record, people would be like, ooh, okay, yes. Mm, Okay, no. Milwaukee came out in the first night. It was smacked. uh, Was it Brooklyn or – no, who did they play? Yeah, it was Brooklyn. They smacked Brooklyn in that first night. And I was like, ooh, Giannis is not messing around this season. Milwaukee has something to prove. And then they were like, I'm going to – that's it. That's good. Catch us in January. We're good. <laughs> so, but this, this is an important stretch. And then the Celtics go back on the road for three games. So the Celtics are still like right there. At four and six, they're four games out of first with 72 games to play. <laughs> so they, you know, look, Philly's winning a bunch of games. Miami has looked good. Brooklyn, Washington is seven and three. That is not going to last. Cleveland is seven and four. That is not going to last. Uh, so look, there's there's a lot of room to move over the course of this season. The last thing I'll say, I'll wrap it up with this, is that 
people just need to calm down. The reactions after every loss, even every win, it's just the people are, I don't know, is it me? Am I wrong? No, it's the kids who are wrong. I just feel like people are just way, way in their feelings. The, the team loses and like, people are like, oh God, you're going to fire Odoka. Oh, Jalen's injury prone. I saw Jalen is injury prone. Like, what? What? People want to get rid of Jalen. People want to get rid of Jason. People want to get rid of Smart. Like, oh my God, just people calm down. Thank, thank God we got, like, Brad Stevens in, in charge of the team. Brad doesn't even think he deleted Twitter. Like, he, he puts Twitter on his phone for, like, once every, you know, six months to tweet one thing, and that's get that out of here. Um, so I don't know what the Celtics are going to be. Celtics are kind of maddening in a lot of ways, but they've improved. I thought the road trip was good. Look, they, they were down at the bottom defensively, and now they're, they're – let me look at their defensive rating. It's 12th. They went from like 26th to 12th uh, over the course of a road trip. It's early. These swings are going to happen. Um, going to talk more. Let's. We'll, we'll dive deeper into what comes out of practice. Get a fresher look at what lies ahead. So I'll be here for you Monday through Friday. Dropping fresh podcasts Monday through Friday. It's the only daily podcast here covering the Boston Celtics. So you know what you're getting with the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Daily free available monday through friday so please subscribe wherever you get your podcast subscribe to the youtube channel would really love to get that youtube youtube channel going uh stronger so subscribe get that notification so you know when the video drops and share the podcast tell your friends that they should be listening to and watching the lockdown celtics podcast here on the lockdown podcast network